Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the lineup on Yahoo Sports. My name is Steven Sahoy. That's Wesley Chang. We're here to put a bow on week 11 in the NFL and look forward to week 12 while looking at it through a fantasy football lens. And it's American Thanksgiving week, so we're going to start off with a section we like to call the Turkey Bowl. These are three games coming up on American Thanksgiving and all have a little something special for fantasy football purposes. And we're going to start off with the Steelers and the Ravens. Wes, this Steelers wide receiver core has really caught your eye. Yes, so in the Turkey Bowl, I drafted Chase Claypool against you, but I want to spotlight how this trio's been doing so far. So on the year, everybody knows, this is probably one of the deepest uh, wide receiving trios in the entire league. They're third in total production on the season thus far through 10 weeks. Roethlisberger, he's come back with vengeance. He's actually only graded as a 22nd best um, quarterback as for pro football focus, but he's been thrown it so often to his core that they're also they're ultimately able to do some damage. So how do we break these three down? The best way to organize it is like this. Johnson is the most targeted. Claypool is the most dangerous downfield. And Smith Schuster is the most reliable of the three. So some stats to take a look at. Against teams that are under 500, Claypool has been the best performing. He's averaged 16 fantasy points per game. In the three games they played, 500 and above teams, and, you know, games under one possession, it's been Deontay Johnson. He's topped out at 13 fantasy points per game. So if you're looking at Week 12 specifically, I got to guess Deontay Johnson is the guy to roll with here if somehow you have all three on your team. But for the rest of the season, Chase Claypool, he's probably the guy who's got the most league-winning upside. He's got a matchup against Cincy. He's got a matchup against Buffalo in the playoff weeks. That's probably the person I'd say gives you the highest upside out of the three. Well, as a team that's been just battling through injuries right now are the Detroit Lions, especially on the offensive side of the football. Matt Stafford's playing, but we know he's got an injury to his thumb. And also Kenny Galladay, his number one wide receiver, DeAndre Swift, who just really started to emerge, is also out. So I'm going to focus on Swift first. And if he can suit up, he is dealing with a concussion. But if he plays, he is a RB1 against the Houston Texans, who are allowing the second most fantasy points to running backs this season. And I really like Swift. I was really encouraged by what I saw from him before his concussion in that game against the Washington football team, where he combined for over 130 total yards. So it was an impressive outing. If he can't go, I think you slide in Adrian Peterson as an RB2 in that really plus matchup. Additionally, looking at Kenny Galladay, he was listed as limited on the team's first projected injury report on Monday. So there's some hope maybe that he's able to suit up on Thanksgiving. And if he can go, that's a plus matchup for the wide receivers as well, because the Texans, they're giving up the 10th most fantasy points per game to that position. So Galladay would be right back into the fantasy manager's lineup after missing some extended time with this hip injury. If he's not able to go, though, I like Marvin Jones as a low-end wide receiver, too, with upside in a plus matchup. Sticking with the Turkey Bowl, this happened the other day. So I accidentally drafted J.K. Dobbins before the COVID news came out. So if you missed it, Dobbins and Ingram are both not going to be available for this matchup on American Thanksgiving. Well, it's time to ride the Gus bus. For the backfield as a whole, they've actually averaged 19 fantasy points collectively as a three-headed monster over the last four weeks. 
But from a long-term standpoint, how to break this down, it's got to be J.K. Dobbins. If you looked at some of the numbers from week 11, they really started to suggest that he was going to be leaned on as their primary running back after running a three-headed monster for so long. He had a 62% snap share, which was one of the highest marks of the season, and he had 74% of the touches out of the backfield. So in the short term, well, obviously there's no choice here. You got to go with Edwards. He's the only one that's going to be available for this game. With that 18 points per game I mentioned over the last four, you can safely project Edwards to get somewhere around 75% of the snaps and probably give you at least 10 fantasy points and above in this matchup. The downside here, the Steelers are the second best defense against the run. So you might have to take your expectations down a bit. But Edwards, on Thursday, he should be a back-end RB2. After just over half a season's worth of poor football, Dallas Cowboys fans are suddenly thankful that they play in the NFC East because if they were in any other division, they would not be playing for first place this Thursday. But that's what they have in front of them. And Andy Dalton actually breathed some life into this offense on Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. CeeDee Lamb had a good performance. He scored a touchdown. Amari Cooper has over 20 points in his last two fantasy games. Ezekiel Elliott has over 20 points in his last two fantasy games. So overall, this offense has really been working well. Dalton Schultz is another guy who I think we'll talk about him much more later when we talk about the waiver wire section, but he is a tight end that is under-rostered in fantasy football. But after some bleak weeks with this Dallas Cowboys offense having to watch Ben DiNucci, and you know what, I will give Garrett Gilbert some credit, he wasn't that bad, but you know what, those were subpar quarterbacks. I think Andy Dalton will be able to kind of revitalize this offense and at least keep them fantasy relevant. It does help also that Zach Martin is back on that offensive line, and that helps things. But I think moving forward, you can look at CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper as wide receiver twos in fantasy football. Elliott, I think, is a high-end RB2. I don't know if he's in the RB1 conversation anymore, but Dalton Schultz, I will also add, is a low-end tight end one. So there's still some fantasy relevance to this Cowboys offense after, for a little while, it looked like there would be none. So be thankful for that, fantasy managers. The zone. More live football than anyone else. Stream exclusive Premier League and UEFA Champions League. Stream every NFL game, including the Super Bowl. Plus, exclusive Red Zone. Showing you every touchdown, every Sunday. DAZN. Start your free trial at DAZN.com and stream on multiple devices. More live football than anyone else. D-A-Z-N. DAZN. With five weeks to go in the fantasy season, let's take a look at some sneaky defenses that may be streamable. Stevie, who do you got? Well, this defense I've been riding for a couple of weeks now, but the Cleveland Browns, if you haven't added them already, this might be the go-to defense for the fantasy football playoffs. They have a nice Week 12 matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who right now are the 13th best opponent for opposing defenses. So not a bad matchup, but, but certainly one that I'm still feeling comfortable playing the Cleveland Browns. But you, you look ahead to their playoff schedule. Week 15, they get the New York Giants. And then Week 16, you get the New York Jets. Those are two of the top 10 best matchups for defenses this season. So the Browns are a defensive streaming team that I'm willing to stash on my bench right now and just ride with until I get to the fantasy playoffs. I know this isn't necessarily an indicative stat, but the Cleveland Browns are tied for second in forced turnovers 
with 17. And going up against quarterbacks like either Sam Darnold or Joe Flacco and Danny Dimes for the New York Giants, I like my chances at getting a couple of turnovers in those fantasy playoffs. So Cleveland, if you don't have them already, they are a worthy add. You can call me crazy, but we all know how important streaming is when it comes to cherry-picking fantasy defenses. Enter the Seattle Seahawks, who are actually the 18th best defense when it comes to fantasy points production. They've allowed 340 passing uh, passing yards per game, which is 40 more than the next worst defense. But take a look at the matchups they have coming up. They're in Philadelphia. They get the Giants in 13. They get the Jets in week 14, and then they finish off with Washington Football Club in week 15. These are bottom seven in fantasy points allowed to the defensive position. And in real life, I get it, Seattle's terrible, but they're actually tied for 11th in sacks, and they're 14th in turnovers generated per drive. So this Sunday, up against a team uh, with Wentz as their quarterback, who's allowed 20 turnovers this season, this could be a good spot for the Seattle Seahawks the rest of the way. The Green Bay Packers are a nice defensive team that if I have Cleveland, I'll want to pair with because Cleveland, while their matchups are nice in week 12, 15, and 16, week 13 and 14, I might not want to start them. And that's why Green Bay is a good ad because they have complementary matchups. I mean, even if you have Green Bay and you don't have Cleveland, they're worth a start this week against the Chicago Bears because it doesn't matter whether Mitch Trubisky is leading that unit or if Nick Foles is. I want to start any unit against that anemic Bears offense. Additionally, when you look at week 13 and 14, those matchups aren't too bad either. As you see, they draw the Philadelphia Eagles, led by Carson Wentz, and the Detroit Lions. Now, the Eagles are definitely a prime matchup because we saw last week what could happen in a Carson Wentz-led offense. He gave up a pick six and was also sacked in the end zone for a safety. So I'll be rolling out the Green Bay Packers defense without any questions in week 13 as well. The Lions, it'll depend on the state of that team. They're missing a couple of key offensive players right now. And if they're still out, I still wouldn't mind starting the Green Bay defense in that matchup. And another big thing, especially when looking at Week 12 and Week 13, those are two home dates for the Green Bay Packers. And as we know, you start rolling into late November, early December, the weather can be a big issue when playing in Lambeau Field. It gets cold, really cold up there. And then you also run into the potential for some snow, which makes it very hard for offenses to move the football. So you could see some lower point totals in those games during the later parts of this season. So the Green Bay Packers, if you're in a pinch for a defensive streaming option, that is one that I would key in on for sure. Adding one last team to the list of unsuspecting defenses, the Arizona Cardinals have a really good stretch of games coming up to finish off the season. They have Week 12 against the Pats, they got Week 13 against the Rams, 14 against the Giants, and then 15 against the Eagles and finishing with the Niners in Week 16. Now, all five of those opponents, some of them seem daunting, but they actually all rank within the bottom 11 of points allowed to the defensive position. And of those five teams combined, they actually average 1.6 turnovers a game and 2.6 sacks allowed per game. So there is a bit of juice there for this Cardinals defense. Now, one thing to add here is you might think they're actually not that strong from a defensive standpoint, but they actually rank 15 and fantasy points produced from the defensive position. And with Arizona ranked as the sixth top team in pressure rate and 11th in sacks on the entire season, this is an opportunity for them to get a bit of production, especially as they compete for a final playoff spot. 
Surprisingly, they are 12, uh, top 12 in points allowed to their opposing defenses. So with two divisional matchups mixed into their next five games, expect them to be very competitive from a defensive standpoint the rest of the way. This is the lineup on Yahoo Sports. We're now going to take a look at the fantasy football wave wire for week 12 to help you fill out your roster. And the first player I'm going to list is someone, Wes, you know, I've always been a huge fan of maybe his number one supporter since day one. I've never on this show said anything bad about him. And that is Taysom Hill of the New Orleans Saints. He's my new favorite player. I have him in one of the leagues that I'm in and I started him at quarterback. And I was rewarded for that move because he ended up racking up Two rushing touchdowns on top of 51 yards rushing. It wasn't a great day through the air against a good matchup in the Atlanta Falcons, but we know this is going to be the case moving forward. Taysom Hill is a dual threat quarterback. He can beat you through the air and on the ground. His matchup in week 12 is a little bit tougher against the Denver Broncos, but until Drew Brees comes back, it really does seem like Taysom Hill will be in control of this offense. We saw that had a negative impact on Alvin Kamara. He had the first game of his career with no receptions. But if you have Taysom Hill, you don't mind because you know he'll be doing a lot of the work on the ground and he keeps Michael Thomas active as well. So Taysom Hill, if you need a quarterback, I think he's a low-end QB1 for Week 12. Rostered in 50% of Yahoo League's Curtis Samuel is a name that we've mentioned before that needs to be on your roster if he's still available on the waiver wire. He had a down week in week 10, but he bounced back in week 11 with 10 targets, a touchdown, and 17 fantasy points of production. Over the last week in the entire NFL, he's been the wide receiver five. In those four games, he's averaged 14 plus fantasy points uh, four out of the last five games. And He's been the target leader in the red zone for this uh, Carolina receiving core. He's had 11 looks in the red zone. Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore have each had five. He still owns the highest catch rate out of all the Panthers receivers at 86%. And now in week 12, facing a Minnesota Vikings defense that is exploitable, he is comfortably projected at a wide, as a wide receiver to the rest of the way. I teased this player earlier when, we, when I was talking about the Dallas Cowboys, but Dalton Schultz is rostered in under 30% of Yahoo Fantasy Football Leagues. And when I look at the options at the position, I really don't see many better than Schultz. When you look at his last three games, he has 21 targets. And in fantasy football this year on the whole, he has the 12th most points at tight end. So really, even with the bad quarterbacks he's had to endure, Dalton Schultz has remained fantasy relevant, and Andy Dalton, we saw last game, really liked to get him involved, especially in the red zone. There was a sequence where he turned to Schultz three times in a row in the red zone, even forcing it to him on one. So it's pretty clear that when they get down into that shorter area of the field, Schultz is going to be a factor. And going forward, I do like him as a low-end tight end one. We flagged him as a home run play last week, but now that he's had another good production in Week 11, Michael Pittman Jr. is now going to cost you just a bit more to get off the waiver going into week 12. He's been the undisputed wide receiver one on this Colts offense over the last three weeks. He leads the team in targets, snaps, and fantasy points. And for the third straight week, he was a top-graded Indianapolis Colts wide receiver. Now, what are the concerns here? In week 11, he did have zero red zone targets. That's something to worry about. And then 
Phillip Rivers threw to 11 different receivers in that Week 11 matchup. So while there is some concern Pittman might not get his fair share of targets, he has such a good remaining matchup over the next five weeks that it's going to be high upside the rest of the way. Put him in as a wide receiver too to finish off as a home run play for your fantasy leagues. This is the lineup on Yahoo Sports. We're at the stage of the season where you got to make some tough start bench drop decisions with your roster. So let's look at the running back position. What's a trio that we should be paying attention to, Stevie? So this might be a decision some fantasy managers have this week. Should I start Giovanni Bernard, Naheem Hines, or Melvin Gordon? And to me, I think you should start Giovanni Bernard. And the reason why is... He has the best matchup out of these three players. He gets the Giants, who are allowing the 10th most fantasy points per game to running back in fantasy football this season. And additionally, I actually think he might be one of the only members on this Bengals offense that might be able to stay fantasy relevant without Joe Burrow. Obviously, we know he suffered a brutal injury. We're wishing him a speedy recovery. But Ryan Finley proved last year that this guy doesn't throw the ball deep. He averaged 5.4 yards per attempt. That is extremely low. That is very low in the three games he played, which means we could see a lot of dump-offs to Giovanni Bernard, which would do him good in half-point and full-point PPR leagues. I'm benching Naheem Hines because I am not discouraged by his outing last week. He had a touchdown called back, and he had a good outing the last time the Colts took on the Tennessee Titans. So he's on my bench. And Melvin Gordon, I'm not getting overly excited about one week's worth of production. The Miami Dolphins defense clearly didn't show up for that matchup in Week 11. And Gordon took advantage of it to his credit. But I'm still not trusting Gordon in my starting lineup. From the wide receiver position, Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins, and Christian Kirk are three wideouts that all float around 100 fantasy points for the season and 80% roster ship. But for week 12, I'm saying Christian Kirk is probably the best start here. He is the least talented out of the three, but he has the best matchup and combination of high production upside going into this matchup. T. Higgins, as Stevie just mentioned, he may be the most talented, but he's got Ryan Finley now. And where does T. Higgins make all his money? He makes all his money down the field. Brandon Ayuk, though, he's a name that I want to spotlight here because long-term, he's definitely the start or the player that you should be holding on to. He's the most talented and he's the most critical to his own offense. He faces the toughest coverage defense in Week 12, which makes it kind of challenging to play him going into this upcoming week. But after that matchup, he's got Dallas and he's got Arizona, two very exploitable matchups. And he's been averaging 15 fantasy points over his last four games. Even with Debo Samuel returning, the injury to George Kittle forces this offense to have to look for alternatives. And AU could be that guy that really blows up for you as the fantasy playoffs come uh, in the next few weeks. I'm going to give us a flex question to finish this off. And who should I start in my flex? Should I start DJ Chark? Should I start Darius Slayton? Or should I start Kenyon Drake? The player I'm going with is Darius Slayton because he has the best matchup. The Bengals are allowing the eighth most fantasy points per game to wide receiver this season. And they're also giving up the fourth most yards per play of any defense in the NFL, which works perfectly when you have a deep threat player like Darius Slayton. If you have him on your roster, this is exactly why you have him. 
for big game opportunities like this where you know he can have a great day. I'm benching DJ Chark because I just don't trust Jake Luton to get him the football. I really like Chark as a player, and if they can sort out the quarterback spot this offseason, I think he'll be definitely someone who is a huge sleeper target in 2021 as far as someone who's undervalued. But I just can't fully trust him yet with Jake Luden. And I'm benching, or excuse me, I'm dropping Kenyon Drake in this instance. To me, the upside is just too low. You basically got it last week when he punched in a touchdown and scored about 14 fantasy points in half-point PPR. There's just not a whole lot to love. You have Chase Edmonds involved still. New England is not a great run defense, but they actually have been pretty tough for fantasy matchups. So to me, I'm kind of staying clear of Kenyon Drake, and I'd rather have one of those two wide receivers, preferably Slayton, in my lineup this week. <laughs> 